This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? How you doing? That, I started out kind of weird. <laughs> Hope everyone's doing well. <laughs> the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Uh, this is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Uh, we're going to be going over uh, our top waiver wire pickups for week eight. Uh, we are basically at the halfway point uh, of the fantasy football season, um, which is crazy to say. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would say, like, you know, scoring has been down, you know, a lot of injuries this week. So there's a lot of pickups to pay attention to for this week. A lot of news, right? Over the last 24 hours or so, we had a, yeah. a, a an interesting game last night. So we got a lot to get to. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, let's start with last night's game. Uh, Matt Jones, man, he got benched early in that game. Uh, after an interception, um, you know, from the moment the game started, uh, Bailey Zappi had his helmet on, right? He was standing on the sideline ready to go, right? Uh, uh, he'd come in pretty soon. So they ran the ball. You know, when it's funny because, like, when Mac Jones is in there, they ran the ball, like, on third and 10, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, all right, well, if you're going to do that, I don't think you trust Mac Jones right now. Um, and then on the next drive, he threw a pick. And then after that, Bailey Zappi came in. You know, they started, you know, giving Bailey Zappi better plays. You know, it seems like it was self, it was some sabotage going on over there. Bailey Zappi had a wide open <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson, then had a wide open Jacoby Myers, who he almost missed, by the way, you know, yeah. on that on that catch. Thank, thanks to Jacoby Myers, who made a spectacular catch against absolutely nobody uh, for, <laughs> to get that touchdown. Yeah. Um, but, but Zappi didn't look great in the second half, right? Like in the first half, you know, it was a lot of excitement. You know, he led two touchdown drives, which is great. But uh, you know who did look good? Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. Yeah, finally. Uh, right? He is a waiver. He is a waiver wire pickup this week at quarterback, uh, and we'll talk more about him as a waiver wire pickup in a bit. Uh, but first, like, what did you think of what you saw from Justin Fields last night? I think this is what I've kind of been waiting for. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't go too far on record with this, but I was talking within my group. You know, no one can hold me to this. But I was saying that, you know, Justin Fields has the potential to be this year's Jalen Hurts, you know, fantasy-wise, if he could get, you know, going in the passing game. And we didn't see that the first few games. But now, not only this week did he look better in the passing game, he did have that one INT. And um, he still struggles a bit with ball security. Not that he lost any fumbles, but he did drop it, like, a lot last night. You know, he's still obviously going through it. He's running for his life behind an offensive line that isn't really helping him. But I, I was super encouraged by Justin Fields. It seems like he's finally finding a rhythm, you know, in the offense. And he's starting to look like he can be that dual threat quarterback, that really, you know, cheap dual threat quarterback that people were hoping that he could be when they were drafting him late in drafts last yeah. season. I'm super happy with what I saw last night. He does have a tough matchup next week, but 
we thought this was a tough matchup this week and he delivered. So I, I think that you could start him maybe next week in a pinch um, as a dual threat quarterback. Like, I think the ceiling is now very high because it looks like he's much more at home in his offense than he was just three weeks ago. Yeah, he's definitely looked a lot better lately. Um, he's dropping back a lot more as well, which is not something that we saw early on in the year. They weren't running a lot of pass plays. But now they're dropping back, design scrambles, uh, and we're also seeing that that scrambling ability too. So 80 yards rushing last night, 88 yards rushing the week before. The three weeks before that, 47, 52, 47. And he's thrown a touchdown pass, pass each of the last three weeks as well. Um, you look at his fantasy performances, They've improved for three weeks straight, and he did what he did against a Bill Belichick defense, right? A Patriots defense who just shut up the Lions two weeks ago. The Patriots were coming, uh, you know, this week. They were going to be coming in, you know, they were at home on a Monday night, extra day of, of um, you know, game planning for yeah. Justin Fields, and he was able to, to get it done. So I think he's worth picking up if you've been streaming quarterbacks. Um, you know, like you said, tough matchup this week against Dallas. I, I'd probably wait to start him the following week, but I still think he's a solid pickup. Um, and you'll see in the waiver wire rankings, we do have him ranked as like the number number 10 ranked pickup this week. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was, it was very encouraging from what we saw from him though. Yeah. And if it feels like, you know, you look at the box score, it says, you know, obviously 13 to 21 completions. If it feels like he's dropping back a lot more than 21 passing attempts is because he is but he's you know running for his life like i said back behind that line he had designed runs but there are also a bunch of times where he had to scramble you know so those are technically dropbacks but he didn't throw the ball on those they count as rushing attempts exactly exactly and, and that's what that's what you know the dropbacks include the scrambles right yeah. so like and it includes like all the routes that are being run by these receivers too so you know, not only is he getting the designed rushing attempts, but he's also getting the dropbacks, which can include scrambling, which is great. More dropbacks means more scrambling too. So that's exactly what you want, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's pretty encouraging. Another encouraging sign from last night was Ramondre Stevenson's usage, even with Damian Harris coming back off the hamstring injury. He ended up playing on 77% of snaps, 19 yeah. total opportunities. Uh, Damian Harris only getting three carries in this game. Uh, is it the Ramondre Stevens show? Is it the Ramondre Stevenson show? Steven, is it the <laughs> Stevenson show the rest of the season? Or is Damian Harris going to get involved at some point? I don't know. It looks like the Ramondre Stevenson show. I mean, it doesn't seem like Damian Harris has any type of workload. I know he was a little banged up, so we're not sure if that maybe played into it a little bit, whether he didn't get the workload that he was supposed to. But I think this is pretty you know, definitive in terms of showing where they are with this backfield right now, you know, I, I would understand maybe eight or nine carries for Damian Harris. You know, if he's like, you know, they want to ease him back into action, but three carries that kind of tells me that, that they're more enamored with um, Ramondre Stevenson right now. And I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Damian Harris is a trade candidate, you know, yeah. and it could end up being a situation like what we're going to talk about with um, James Robinson, you know, and a bunch of, it seems like a bunch of running backs are getting, you know, the running back room cleared and moving up because of trades. It, it wouldn't be um, uh, surprising me if Damian Harris maybe gets traded, but Ramondre Stevenson seems to be the clear one right now. I don't, I, I don't think you can really start Damian Harris with confidence at this point anymore. Yeah. I, you know, I think even if Damian Harris starts to get a little bit of the workload back, Ramondre will probably still be the RB one of this backfield regardless, right? He's still getting the passing down work too. He had eight targets in this game, caught, caught all of them. 
Yeah. And like even if Damian Harris gets a little bit more work, he's probably going to be at least an RB2 all year, even with Harris involved. Um, so this is good news if you have Ramondre Stevenson. And like you said, right, the, there's a possibility that Harris gets traded. Uh, he's on the last year of his deal. And if he gets dealt, the Patriots get a compensatory pickback. And that's literally what Bill Belichick is known for doing. Yeah. <laughs> so overall, you know, it's looking good for Ramondre. Even after Damian Harris got a full week of full practices leading up to this game. So seems to me like he was relatively healthy. Yeah. So it's good news for him. Now, we, we did see a bit of a timeshare between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Um, I do have Herbert on the waiver wire post uh, just a couple spots down. So we'll talk more about that in a bit. But that was very interesting to see. Um, they did talk about the hot hand approach, but we'll get there. We'll talk about that uh, as we get through the waiver wire. Now, a few pieces of important news. The torn ACL for Brees Hall has been confirmed. So mm-hmm. the Jets went ahead and traded for James Robinson to share some of the work with Michael Carter. The Jets, you know, they didn't want this season to go to waste, right? They're five and two. So they're doing what they wanted, what they can do uh, to keep this train rolling. Now, as far as the situation on the Jets, I'd expect this to be a timeshare between Carter and Robinson. I think Carter will be the primary back for now, you know, until Robinson starts to learn the playbook a little bit and all that. And eventually maybe Robinson can be a fantasy RB too, maybe. But for now, I would play Carter this week as an RB two. see where it goes from there. I just have a feeling that this might end up looking exactly like the Jaguars backfield was. You know, <laughs> not that Michael yeah. Carter is the talent that Travis Etienne was, but, you know, with, you know, James Robinson kind of being early down and then Michael Carter being the passing down and Michael Carter being overall a better fantasy running back. I wouldn't if I had to pick between Michael Carter and James Robinson being, you know, the fantasy relevant running back, if only one of them was going to be fantasy relevant, I would go with Michael Carter. I think he's going to get the passing work. I think James Robinson is more the early down guy. They felt the need, I think, the Jets to replace what they lost with Brees Hall who is a very good early down running back. And he was obviously a really good talent. Anyway, he could also catch the ball and do that. But if they want to talk about, you know, just filling a role in the offense that they don't have anymore, I think they brought James Robinson in to do that. Uh, I think that yeah. Michael Carter is still the guy to have. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I can see James Robinson being the early down guy. I can see him being the goal line guy, right? This is an offense that, you know, this is a team that is playing good defense and they probably want to continue to run the ball. And I and I don't see one running back kind of just running away with the carries. I do like the situation more than Carolina because I think the Jets have a better defense than Carolina's. I think they have a be- they're going to have a better overall offense than Carolina's. They have better coaching. They have better schemes. I just think overall it's a better situation for these running backs in you know in New York. Um, so I'd rather you know have these Jets running backs on my roster, uh, but you know I don't think that one of these guys is just going to completely stand out. Um, I do think Michael Carter is the more talented back, but it's possible that they don't view him as that early down option, you know, to be the primary right. early down option, at least. Right. Now, on the Jaguar side, it's RB1 season for Travis Etienne, yeah. right? He already grabbed the backfield this past week. It was already headed in that direction, and now it's officially his. And he'll probably be ranked, you know, around the top 12 on a weekly basis at this point among running backs. I think the buy low window has unfortunately closed. Yeah. And we didn't even make it to the buy and sell episode to tell you to buy him low. I mean, we said about it a little bit on yesterday's episode about the takeaways, but you know, now it's obvious. I don't think anyone is going to trade Travis Etienne now. You know, yeah. um, you're not. There's no reason to. You know, the way we saw him play, and now he has a guaranteed workload. It looks like. I mean, I'm not worried about Jermichael Hasty. Are you? 
<laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I think they like Jamichael Hasty enough to where they were comfortable trading away James Robinson. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, in case anything were to happen to Travis Etienne, I think they were okay enough. I mean, the Jaguars, you know, depending on if they're winning games or not, make a trade for a running back if Etienne were to get hurt. But as yeah. of right now, it, it seems like, you know, who know, who, who knows if the Jaguars are even going to be close to the, being a playoff team this year. Um, right. It's not looking great right now. Uh, but regardless, you know, they were happy enough with their backs behind Etienne where they were like, you know what, we can get some value for James Robinson right now. Yeah, they took our advice about trading James Robinson. <laughs> but, yeah, they um, did. I think the, yeah. I think Doug Peterson listens listens to this episode. I, I think so. listens to the show. I think that's yeah. Um, that's, that's think, what's happening. Do you think Jermichael Hasty is a handcuff at this point or no? Would you? Roster I don't think him, so. Maybe? I, I would. I would not roster him because I don't. I would never expect him to get like a three down type of role. Like the only handcuffs I want to roster are guys that you know you know are going to get the lion's share of the work. Uh, if they're if the starter were to go down, All right? So l- let's say ETN were to get hurt, right? I'm knocking on wood. Hopefully, this is real wood. Um, <laughs> here, I'm knocking I'm, wood. You know, here. I, I Jamichael Hasty, like he would be a pickup, but I wouldn't be excited about it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that I'm not, sense. I'm not, I, I basically think he doesn't have a handcuff. That's how, I, that's how I look at it. That's fair. The offense, all right, moving on, isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah, it's not that great. You know, the good thing about Etienne is he's super efficient. He's going to get all the touches, and the offense is good enough to where he's going to be an RB1. Every the, single the, week. the thing is, what makes the offense passable is Travis Etienne. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's true. what it is. He's, so he, if you he, take Travis Etienne out of the equation, yeah. completely different offense. It's true. Yeah. Debo Samuel has a hamstring injury. He might not be ready for week eight. Um, they have a bye week in week nine. So it's possible they hold him out. So just keep an eye on that this week. He was able to finish the game last week. I actually remember when he got hurt, and I saw that, and I was like, ooh, that doesn't look good. But he he stayed in the game. Yeah. Um, so that means it's not a, a major injury. Maybe he's maybe his hamstring's sore this week, but we'll see if they end up, you know, choosing to hold him out just in case there's any re-aggravation or something like that. And they do have the bye week, and then he should be 100% after the bye. But we'll see how that works out. Right. DK Metcalf's injury isn't as serious as it looked. Apparently, he doesn't need knee surgery, but he has a patellar tendon injury that can apparently just be rehabbed. So he, uh, it seems like he will most likely miss some time. Uh, Pete Carroll won't admit that, but he, but be prepared for that. Um, he's always optimistic. Um, the wide receiver who would benefit the most if Metcalf misses time will be Marquise Goodwin, uh, who is a waiver wire pickup that we'll get to. Not super high priority, but he's there. Yeah, Mike Williams is going to be out a few weeks as well with a high ankle sprain. They have a bye this week, but he'll likely be out for a few weeks after that. Uh, you can pick up Josh Palmer, but it doesn't excite me a whole lot with Keenan Allen coming back, Austin Eckler getting his targets, Gerald Ever getting his targets. Josh Palmer probably be you know the fourth target on this team most likely. Yeah. Apparently, Amon Ross St. Brown never had a concussion, yet he was held out of the game because of the new rules that say if the independent doctor sees any sort of wobbling or anything like that after a hit, even if it wasn't a big hit, like in St. Brown's case, they can rule them out of the game. So even though when he went into the blue medical tent, they determined at that point that he did not have a concussion. Still, they held him out. I, I, I get the whole safety part of this dude, but like this seems super subjective to me at this point, you know, where guys will just start to get ruled out left and right. Yeah. Well, what happened was 
you know, they had the concussion fiasco with Tua and then concussion. Who else was stumbling? I know not. It was Naeem Hines on Thursday Night Football. And they had pretty much that back-to-back in back-to-back weeks. So that was a PR disaster for the NFL. I think that they're going to take it super cautious now, and they're not going to really, you know, let players back in if it looks like there's a chance that that kind of thing could happen again. Obviously, it wasn't much of a hit to Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he looked fine. He ran off the field himself, and he didn't stumble or anything. And if he passed the protocol, you know, I think it's a little odd that they would keep him out. But I also understand at the same time they don't want to deal with that. Um so that could concussions could easily end up influencing a lot of fantasy matchups this year, whether they're concussions or not, obviously, because this wasn't, you know, after the fact, it's easy to say, oh, there wasn't a concussion. Why wasn't he playing? Maybe it was a little bit different. You know, we weren't there. We didn't see what they were looking at. But um, I, I do think that was a little bit of an exercise in caution. They're going to give they're not going to give the pe- players the benefit of the doubt anymore with concussions. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it kind of sucks. But at the same time, like from an NFL fan's point of view, but at the same time, it's like you think about the player's safety, you think about them as human beings, you know, yeah. you kind of have to be on the side of caution if you're trying to be a good person. <laughs> it's, e- it's easy to get caught up in the numbers a, right I, here. Sometimes I, so, sometimes I have a hard time being a good person, Zach, especially when I'm a wrestling oh, yeah. Browns on, on, on a couple of my teams. Um, Espe- yeah, especially after expected... you trade for him, you move for him. And right, right, exactly. Yeah. That one now, hurts a little he, bit. <laughs> he is expected to play this week. Um, he yeah. is in the concussion protocol, but the Lions are expected him to clear before week eight. So that's good news. Right. The Colts have benched Matt Ryan. Yeah, not because of injury, but because he's benched for the rest of the season. He's not coming back in. Okay. Yeah. Sam Ellinger is going to get the start. Uh, he looked good this preseason. Ellinger did. You know, he threw the ball downfield a lot, rushed a little bit. So he's like, you know, somewhat intriguing, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But what this does for the offense is anyone's guess right now. I would still assume Michael Pittman's going to get his target share. Who knows who the second target ends up being between uh, between Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce. <clears throat> John Taylor's going to get his. But in terms of whether this offense improves or not, who knows? Yeah. I, I, I personally don't see it improving. Um, I'm... A bit confused. I think it's a little bit early to be giving up on Matt Ryan. You know, the fact that they came out and said that, okay, Matt Ryan, you're benched and you're not coming back the rest of the season. And we're going to have Sam Ellinger at quarterback. I think that's a little odd, especially, I mean, they're th- they haven't been good, but they're still three, three and one. And they're in the thick of the playoff race, you know, at least in the division race in the AFC South. Like there's no team that's far and away the best team. I don't think, I mean, the Titans are on a bit of a hot streak, but they're only a game behind. I think it's a little bit confusing. Maybe the Colts are fed up. They don't want to run the carousel anymore at quarterback. They don't want to be picking up guys at the twilight of their careers and then just drop them off, trade them or whatever. Maybe they want to just see what they have, if, they, if there's anything with Sam Ellinger, um, if he could be their guy or not. If he isn't, maybe they'll just go target a quarterback because if he's not their guy, chances are they're going to be losing. They'll move up. Maybe go get a, one of these quarterbacks from the loaded class coming up um, next this next year. But um I find it odd. I think the offense was just fine. I think this is a little bit of a downgrade for me until I see what Sam Ellinger can do. Um, I'm not a big the fan only, of that move. The only explanation that I have is that they like him. Right? Yeah. Like, that's that's the explanation. Like, they, they like him enough where it's just like, you know what? Maybe this guy just gives us a better chance to win. Maybe he can create more plays. Maybe he can get out of the pocket, rush a little bit, you know, things like yeah. that. Create a little bit more of a dynamic offense rather than just a, a statue in the pocket, you know, <laughs> type of offense where you're throwing the ball 50 times a game. And you might yeah. not want to do that. 
you know I, so that, that that's that's my only guess there's there's that it also now now to think about you know matt ryan has turned the ball over a lot you know he has so they might be three three and one but they might be three three and one despite matt ryan which maybe exactly. that's the case maybe they think okay you know our defense isn't playing too bad let's just cut down on the turnovers a little bit we could cut down the turnovers mm-hmm. just a little bit and we could be in better shape. Maybe that's it. Now that I'm rationalizing in my head, but yeah, it is interesting. I don't really like the move so far for fantasy. Obviously, we have to see how it's going to work. Um, I, I think everyone, all the pass catchers, get a bit of a downgrade on my book. David Njoku, he's going to miss two to five weeks with a high ankle sprain, uh, so you're going to be out. Uh, you know, six, seven tight end for several weeks. Uh, I, I would just drop him. You know, unless you have an open up. You know, Har- Harrison Bryant will be the backup, but I don't think. You know, I, I don't want to end up having the Joku. If I don't have an IR spot, if I don't have somebody else, if I if I have somebody else on the IR that I'd like better, I'll just drop the Joku. I don't want to just hold a tight end on my bench for like three, four weeks, five weeks, you know, yeah. without without knowing when he's going to be back. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, we just Moving talked on about... To, yeah. Sorry. I, I might be like, we might be lagging a little right, bit. Right. I might be like a little bit behind. But um, that's fine. with the Joku... You know, you talk about, do you want to hold him on your bench? I agree. You know, we just talked about him being a decent fantasy tight end for you. You know, he's solid. He can get the job done. But a guy that's just going to get the job done, maybe, you know, just a little bit. Like we said, tight ends aren't very good this season. I, I would just drop him, too. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we have a couple tight ends on the waiver wire list here that we'll get to. We have some streaming tight ends that we'll get to as well uh, after we go through the top 20. Um, but I do have two, I have two tight ends on this top 20 list for the waiver wire pickup. So let's get right into it. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it, what to wear, check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's look into the week eight waiver wire pickups here at number one we have gus edwards um and you know gus should have been picked up before sunday you know he was number five on our waiver wire rankings last week we mentioned him on our instagram stories as the guy to pick up during the week right from this backfield so hopefully you had him stashed already if you listen to this podcast if you follow upper hand fantasy you know even if you didn't start him Right, like with J.K. Dobbins on short-term IR now for the next four to five weeks plus, maybe Edwards will be the primary back on a good offense. He looked fine in his first game coming off his own ACL rehab, and they're playing here on Thursday night. So you can pick him up right now and you know start him as a low-end RB two who who he is touchdown dependent. He played less than fifty percent of snaps, but you know moving forward that snap percentage can come up a little bit, and we know who the goal line back is right now. Yeah. That that's true about Gus Edwards, and he has a pretty good matchup this week coming up. If you want to you know, talk about just plug and play for this week, um, the Bucks looked like Swiss cheese last week against the Panthers, Sans CMC. So we'll see how if if that defense improves at all. I'm not exactly sure 
if that's going to be the case. But I, I think that Gus Edwards, you know, on this offense, it seems like they're if they're if they're going to have anybody taking the line share carries, it's going to be Gus Edwards. The Ravens coaching staff likes him the most, I think, of any running back that they have on the roster. Even though Kenyon Drake got some work last week, he looked like Kenyon Drake. Uh, Gus Edwards is obviously much better. So I think that he should be a priority pickup this week. He shouldn't be on your waiver wire, I don't think, at this point. But if he is still there, you know, if um, you know people didn't get to him uh, before the game and he made it to waivers, then you should definitely be picking him up. You'd be surprised how many how many leagues he's available in. He's forty four percent rostered on Yahoo, sixteen percent rostered on ESPN. Okay, so like 16. he's not rostered. Man, sixteen one six on ESPN and I'm checking sleeper right now. He is rostered on, I have him in one league. I don't know why I'm searching for him. 39% rostered and sleeper. So he's available. He's yeah. readily available right now. Yeah. I'll okay. go get him. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Go get him. You grab him. You start him this week. Rashad white. I have him here at number two. He's a long-term ad. Okay. We're going to have him on the wave wire every single week. Yep. Until he's rostered in more than 50% of leagues. <laughs> Pretty much. Daily <laughs> reminder. Uh, go pick up Rashad. Yeah. And he saw 43% of snaps for the Bucks this past week. Uh, he saw eight touches. He outperformed Leonard Fournette. Um, that's worth noting, but it's really less about that and more about the fact that if Fournette were to go down, you have a league winner on your hands. And like mm-hmm. I said, we're going to continue talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Roster league winners. Keep them on your bench. <laughs> yes. Zach has no input. On Rashad White this week. Was I, was I supposed to talk? I mean, he's been on here, um, you know, every single <laughs> really? week. I feel like we, you're just tired he, of it. You're just I feel tired like of we talking about kick, him. Kick this dead horse so many times. You know, oh I, I, I think that Rashad so White, true. you know, if he is not on your roster at this point, if you're what do you think here, of Rashad White, though? You, th- you think you should pick him up? Maybe, you know, I, just a hunch. <laughs> I think that he, right. I think, I think that we might have to pick him up. No, he's okay. if he's on your wire, pick him up. If you're watching, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this episode now, and you don't have Rashad White, or and he's available on your waiver wire, just go pick him up, please. You know, it, it'll it'll happen. If, if can, can you just happen, go pick him up so Zach can stop talking? Yeah, about can him, we please? can we like, go get him? Go get him and bring his roster number up to fifty percent so we can get we him off do. this rank off this list. Like here's here's what you otherwise here's what we do. So otherwise Frost is going to expect me to continue talking about Rashad White every week. Like there's something new to here's say. What we, <laughs> pick him up okay and if you want to drop him after next tuesday that's fine i just need his roster percentage to be over 50 yeah, percent. just so get it there talk about please <laughs> all right no, let's move bad. on to khalil herbert yeah, khalil yeah, herbert yeah. i'm surprised that khalil herbert's under 50 percent rostered um i saw that this morning i had to add him in uh kind of late because i was like wait what why he has forced a timeshare and matt Eberfus was already talking about a potential hot hand situation so that should have been the trigger and i talked about this on my instagram stories too that should have been the trigger to go pick him up um yeah. So 41% of snaps for him this week. He's in line, you know, to get to be the 1A at some point, potentially, right? Like mm-hmm. Matt, David Montgomery was the guy, right? Uh, but the first guy to get a snap and a touch on in the on the third quarter was Khalil Herbert. So, like, there's going to be – there's a timeshare here. Um, they gave both backs opportunities in this game. They split goal line snaps down the middle. Um, they split early down – work relatively evenly in the snaps and they split third down work relatively evenly. So both backs ended up doing their thing in this game. Both scored in different ways. Uh, but Herbert, like right now, he's a deep league flex option at this point. And yeah. he's another guy who can win leagues for you if David Montgomery were to get hurt. 
So if this role holds for him, he's another Tony Pollard, right? Except mm-hmm. he actually has a chance of usurping David Montgomery. Yeah. You know, just like what happened in House of Dragon. Sorry, sorry if that was a spoiler alert for anybody who didn't see it. Oh, but party foul. But you know, party <laughs> foul. But you don't. You don't even know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. You, but you, for, you, I'm sure there are plenty of people here. No, no, no. The people the actually, the people know exactly if they watch the show and they, they didn't get up to that point, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And I just spoiled it even more because they're like, now I confirmed it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. With Khalil Herbert, you know, I, I do like him. I, I actually picked him up in my one league. He happened to be on the waiver wire, and I would be damned if I didn't follow our my our own advice, you know, in my league. Yes. But um, with Khalil is Herbert, Rashad, you know, is, is Rashad White available in that league? He is not. No, he is okay. not. But um, <laughs> trust me, he would be on my team. But Khalil Herbert, you know, it looks like the I think the offense is getting better overall. Khalil Herbert. Has definitely, like you said, forced a timeshare. It looks like they're going to be using him a little bit more. They got used very similarly. You know, I think this was a very close 50-50 split. Um, you know, Dave Montgomery got the rushing touchdown, but Khalil Herbert got the receiving touchdown. It worked out that way. I, I like Khalil Herbert moving forward. You know, I think Justin Fields dropping back more is forcing teams. And you don't want to say that, oh, they're going to respect the Bears pass offense all of a sudden. No, but it's making it harder for them to just, you know, play run heavy defense. And that's it. That's all you have to worry about. Now, Justin Fields is, you know, getting things done through the air a little bit more. It's allowing Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery to be more efficient. And I think we saw that last night because they both produced very well on just about the same workload. I think that if either one of Khalil Herbert or David Montgomery go down, I think they play very similar roles and they look very similar when they play. Um, I think that Clear Herbert is a waiver wire pickup if he's there. I would be surprised. I know we we just said that he would be surprised. We'd be surprised if he's on your wire, but go get him if he is because he could be a really good pinch starter for you and um, a decent flex play. And like you said, he's a flex play in deeper leagues. I think he'd be an all right play at flex. Like you know, with buys going on, I think that he'd be fine these next couple of weeks too. Yeah, I could see that. At number four, I have Kyron Williams, K Makers. He's on his way out of LA. Right, Dallas Henderson, he hasn't been standing out with his opportunities. There were reports that indicated that Sean McVay had intentions for Williams to be a big part of the rotation, you know, from the start of the year. So yeah. I, we don't know how true that is, but it's worth stashing him to see how this backfield shakes out. And if Williams ends up handling a portion of the workload with the opportunity to grab more and more of it as weeks go on, I think he's definitely worth an add. Uh, he's an undersized back coming out of Notre Dame, but he was good after contact. He was good at making guys miss. He was good in the receiving game. He's a good pass blocker, and he was able to, you know, handle a large workload in college despite his size. So I think he's worth adding right now. Um, and and notice that I'm adding him before some of these other running backs that you know a lot of people are adding this week, right? Chuba Hubbard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Deontay yeah, Foreman. He's not. If you look watching on YouTube here. These guys aren't even in the top 10 right now. No, they're not. But um, with Kyron Williams, I don't have a whole lot to say about Kyron Williams. I didn't really watch much of him at Notre Dame, and I don't know what he's going to look like here in the NFL. But if I had to guess, you know, if they're actually, you know, that interested in using Kyron Williams, then I could see him taking over what Cam Akers was supposed to do. You know, it could easily go um, as a backfield committee. I think that's already what it is. You know, Daryl Henderson hasn't been outstanding with his touches. They wouldn't be talking about Kyron Williams, you know, coming back and being a part of the offense if Daryl Henderson was killing it. He's not. So Kyron Williams, I think that he's a good pickup. Just 
he's more of a perspective ad than a guy like Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert or Gus Edwards or even like a Deontay Foreman, Truba Hubbard. But I think that the upside's there that you could go get. Yeah. Uh, there's a better chance that he's there on the wire, I think, than the other guys. He's a long-term ad, right? And he's mm-hmm. somebody that, you know, you want to stash, right? If you need a running back play this week, he's not your pickup for this yeah, week. Yeah, no, sure. you don't want to. I mean, he's still coming back from the injury, right? There's not even is he going to play this week? I'm not even sure. He's not going to play this week. He's yeah. not going to play. This so week. don't he's out. Don't, don't he's pick out him up for a couple weeks. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another guy you don't want to play this week is Alexander Madison, right? He's another long-term ad. Mm-hmm. And if you get in the theme here, I prefer to add guys who are potential league winners than guys who are just going to maybe help me one week and maybe not. Right. Yeah. Alexander Madison, you know, I, I just noticed that he's starting to dip below 50% rostered. And I get it, you know, buys are rolling around. But if you can afford to have him on your bench, if anything were to happen to Dalvin Cook, you don't have to worry about fighting your league mates, grabbing him off of waivers. People are going to be dropping their entire fab budget on Alexander Madison if that were to be the case. So just keep him stashed. We know he's an RB1 when Dalvin Cook misses. All right. There's not much else to say about that. We've talked about Alexander Madison at length. He is. Yes, we have. It's funny. It's funny because he kind of looks like Dalvin Cook too. You know, it's like just an immediate <laughs> replacement. Um, yeah. Maybe not necessarily the upside, but he'll be a solid starter for any time for sure. That he's playing in the stead of Dalvin Cook. I mean, listen, the fantasy upside is there, man. Like we've seen him, him put up like you know high end RB one numbers multiple times with oh, yeah. Dalvin Cook. So like he's gonna be there, dude. Like he's he's gonna do his thing if Dalvin Cook whatever this time. Um, I have Wando Robinson at number six here. He led the Giants in target share with 25% this week. He's running out of the slot. He's going to get these, you know, low depth of target passes. So prefer him in a full PPR league. But as of right now, he's a solid PPR wide receiver three with a little bit of room to grow. Yeah. And I like Wando Robinson as long as he's healthy. You know, we talked about him a little bit over the offseason and coming in the season. I think that the way he's looked in the offense is kind of what I anticipated for him. He is a much smaller receiver. Um, so he's going to be doing a lot of work underneath and that's the way they've used him and he's been doing well. You know, he did score, I think, was it, was it two weeks ago or a week ago? I'm not sure. He did score, um, yeah, it was, a touchdown it was two weeks already. Ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. And Daniel Jones is finding him in the passing game. So as long as Daniel Jones is targeting him, you know, he's worth a pickup. He's not a guy that's going to be, you know, blowing it up and, um, doing a bunch of scoring for you, but he's going to do enough that, you know, he should be on teams. <laughs> I think so. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Rondo Moore, another small receiver playing out of the slot. Well, hopefully. But his target share, it was going up, right? It went up from weeks four to six, 70%, 21%, and 26%. And then this past week, it dropped to 7%. And the reason for that is because A.J. Green was benched. Rondo Moore played on the outside. Greg Dorch played in the slot uh, on about 50% of dropbacks when the Cardinals were not running in 12 personnel, which they did more often in this game than normal with Trey McBride coming in running some routes. So with Robbie Anderson, the, the offense was like in a big like confusion state this past week with DeAndre Hopkins back. It's almost like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury forgot that he was coming back and he had to like, you know, put up a put together a game plan in like three days. He's like, oh no, what did I do? It sounds yeah. like something that Cliff Kingsbury would do. But with Robbie Anderson coming up to speed, I think this week he'll likely take that outside role with DeAndre Hopkins, right, on the left side. Mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson on the right side. Um, by the way, DeAndre Hopkins was running a bunch of routes out of the slot this past week. So that's something yeah. interesting to know, right? Um, will that continue? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. That would be really good news for DeAndre Hopkins. If he kind of can move around a little bit, that will be amazing. 
there'll be a huge evolution in Cliff Kingsbury's play calling. But Rondell Moore, I think at that point, is going to take the slot back. Okay, so if Rondell does not run routes out of the slot, and I wish we would know that before the game, there's no way to know. Yeah, he's useless. If he doesn't run routes out of the slot, he's useless. Okay, but I expect him to get that role back, and as long as he has that role, he's going to get the target share. Yeah, That's it's my spiel on Rondell. Yeah, it's interesting because you know it's true. You do say about DeAndre Hopkins coming back, and you know Robbie Robbie Anderson joining the receiver core just a couple of days before the game. I think that we, even though we've been pretty hard on Cliff Kingsbury, I think we do owe it to him to see how things look this week, you know, as far as where receivers are lining up, because suddenly he has all these new pieces in the offense that he's not, he hasn't had the whole season and he's going to have to figure out how to make it work. Obviously, putting Rondo Moore on the outside seems like something obvious that you wouldn't do, (laughs) but, um, you know, maybe that's just the way they had it. They wanted to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and he was working out of the slot. I mean, listen, to be honest with you, at that point, just put A.J. Green out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to bench A.J. Green, I get it. But, like, putting Rondell Moore in his spot doesn't really make any sense to me. And and this is the thing. It's funny because you talk about Greg Dorch also manning the slot a little bit. Um, Greg Dorch is also 5'7". So it's like, right. it, let's put Rondell Moore in, you know, the guy that has the talent. I mean, not that Greg Dorch isn't talented. He's been good. He stepped up when he's needed to. Rondell Moore ran around. Rondell Moore ran around on every one of Kyler Murray's dropbacks last week. Just yeah. from the outside, though. <laughs> yeah, and that tells you what you need to know. Is he going to be able to get targets? Maybe maybe Kyler Murray can't see him. You know, obviously, first, Kyler Murray has to look over that line, and then he's trying Seriously. to find a 5'7 receiver on the outside. I, I don't think so. No. <laughs> you know Seriously, man. Well, oh, man. I, don't get me started, dude. I mean, they're running fade routes to Rondell Moore. Never mind. I'm not had, get, Rond- get Okay, I will give it to Rondell Moore. He had a shot at it. It wasn't, you know, like an sure. idiotic play. It didn't look – it wasn't a bad play. It's just why would you run – I'd rather them throw that to A.J. Green. Oh, if yeah. you throw it to anybody, throw it to Hopkins, throw it to Green. Makes sense. Yeah. Moore, uh, Moore did what he could. <laughs> he did what he could, man. I like him. Yeah. Good guy. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, I have him at number eight. Uh, he was named the starter before Sunday's game, but the Chiefs' backfield remained a three-man committee. Um, I think Pacheco's work can potentially move forward. There's like room to grow, which is why I have him here at number eight, not lower. Um, so I, I don't think his role stays exactly the same. Uh, but you know, they're kind of giving him more work, like as the season goes on. But it's like extremely slow. Like yeah. the, the progression is extremely slow. Uh, at least he started the game. Right? That's that's kind of good. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, like I I have no I have I have I'm not comfortable at all putting him in my lineup. Like no. he only played on 19 percent of snaps as a starter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so like that's not great. Uh, Pacheco got some touches. I think he had like eight carries in this game or something like that. Um, in, in other games where the Chiefs had to run the ball a little bit more, he might get some more work. He might move up a little bit more over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but we'll see. He only played a couple more snaps than him. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was Jerry McKinnon getting a bunch of snaps over both these guys. So, you know, I like Pacheco as an ad. Keep him on your bench, see what happens. But if nothing really improves over the next, like, two weeks, I'm dropping him. Yeah. I mean, are the Chiefs on bye this week? I feel like they are. Yes, no. they are. Oh, Every they are? Eight? Yes, they're on bye. Oh, they are? So, oh, okay. three weeks. I didn't even realize that. So, but, um, you know what? I think I might move Pacheco down then. Honestly, like if if I didn't realize the Chiefs were on by this week, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know since that. On, since, I'm, I'm just since looking. At on, it now. I didn't realize that. Since they're oh, on yeah. by, I'm gonna move him down. Like I have Paris Campbell here at number nine. I'd rather pick him up at this point than Isaiah Pacheco. 
Uh, I'll move Pacheco down a little bit. Paris Campbell is going to play this week, right? The Colts are not on by. So yeah. I would play Paris Campbell, uh, pick him up, you know, over over Isaiah Pacheco. But, you know, Pacheco's a good perspective add, but you're going to have the, you know, user bench spot for him while they're on while he's on his buy. Um, There's a chance. Who would you rather pick up between Campbell and, and Pacheco? Assuming that you could pick up either, you, you don't have a desperate need for a running back. Paris Campbell. I mean, it, yeah. That's it's this is just, you know, like immediate availability at this point. That's exactly. all you have to pick between. Because both of these guys, like, I'm not jumping at either of these guys to be on my team. But, you know, if you're looking for solid depth, I think either of those, these guys can be a play. I think Isaiah Pacheco, you know, maybe because he has his bye week, maybe that will, you know, cause yes. other fancy managers to just drop him and be like, oh, I don't want a piece of him. You know, why would I save him? Oh, on okay. My bench? I thought you were going to say the opposite. I mm-hmm. thought you were going to say in terms of like the like the Chiefs going into their bye, they come out of the bye with Pacheco being the guy. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That could be the case. But I'm also oh, saying that fantasy managers that have him right now, maybe they picked him up because they saw he was going to start. He puts up a, like four points. You know, He plays 19% of snaps, like you said, and they see they see that he has his bye week. They'll be like, what's this guy doing on my bench? I, I got to pick somebody else up this week. They'll go pick up a Gus Edwards. They'll go pick up Kyron Williams. You know, They'll go pick up somebody else. And, right. you know just drop Isaiah Pacheco. They're like, maybe we'll circle back next week and see if he's on the wire. You could go get him. Right. You know, just, you could even maybe wait out the waiver period. I don't know if that works, if that's how it is in some leagues, but if you, you can wait out the waiver period and then just free add and drop, um, you might be able to get him yep. there. That's true. After waivers clear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, they could come out of the buy with Pacheco, getting more work, getting more share of the work. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Maybe they started out before the buy and then going into the buy, they want to, use him even more and you know we'll see what happens uh you know in week what is it week nine now for yes them. uh paris campbell i have him here at number nine over the last two weeks campbell has got it done right in a big way too like he led the team in target share with 29 percent in week seven 11 targets uh 19 target share in week six 10 targets he caught a touchdown each of the last two weeks and if there wasn't a quarterback change that just happened, like he might be a little bit, high, he would have been a little bit higher on yeah. this list. Um, now it's now it's a little bit tough because there's a potential shift in target distribution. Um, but Frank Reich, you know, he told us this would happen a few weeks ago. And he always talks about Paris Campbell, right? So like you never know what's noise and what isn't. Yeah. Uh, but he's definitely worth a pickup at this point. I was gonna say, of course, as soon as your guy Paris Campbell, the Paris Campbell truther here. You know, <laughs> as soon as he starts doing like good, he has consistent production two weeks in a row and consistent good production. This isn't like 10 and 12 point weeks. This is 18, 23 points PPR scoring. Um, as soon as he starts doing good, something has to come in and cloud the future. You know, right. the quarterback change What's Sam Ellinger going to do. Uh, it's it's interesting. I, I'm not sure. I, I think that is true. Like you said, that we'd have Paris Campbell a little higher if there wasn't a quarterback change. But um you know, I, I'm not optimistic about it, but I think that there's still a decent enough shot for Paris Campbell to be relevant that I would have him in the top 10 of the waivers. Yep, I hear that. All right, and I have Justin Fields here at number 10. We already spoke about Justin Fields when we talked about last night's game earlier in the podcast, so if you missed that part, you can rewind to that part where we talk about the game and, and you can hear what we think about Justin Fields. Spoiler alert, we like him. Pick him up. Yeah. Tough matchup this week, but the week after that, great. Zach might be still willing to start him against Dallas. So take that for what it is. Um, I'm starting him against Dallas. Is that what you said? You might be starting him against Dallas this week, right? I, oh, yeah, I might start. have to. Okay, no, that's true. Because now Justin Herbert's somebody. Yeah, okay. Yep. 
yeah, I'll be starting Justin Fields against Dallas, but that's not necessarily a choice of mine. Um, <laughs> this is this okay. Is no, the, I, I thought you meant like when you earlier. I thought you said that you might be willing, like you're just in a vacuum. You might be okay if you're in a pinch to start Justin Fields. Yeah, Dallas. yeah, yeah, yeah. In a pinch, but you know, it's not necessarily me saying that. Uh, that's my vote of confidence. I so, in, in most one QB leagues, let's say like we're talking about Superflex League here, right? But yeah. In most one QB leagues, most likely you're not starting Justin Fields against Dallas, right? Right. That's okay, what I look at. Cool. I mean, the Patriots okay. defense is good. You know, it was. And he yeah. did perform well. But I think but, Dallas but they're is not as good as Dallas, though. I think Dallas's pass rush is a different animal. Um, even yeah. though Matt Judon was terrorizing him a little bit last night. There's right. a lot of guys on he Dallas. Really front. Yeah, he really was. Yeah. Judon was a beast last night. What yeah. do you have? He went he jumped, I think, like two sacks ahead of everybody else for the league lead last night. Did he have three and a half? I saw two and a half. It might have been three and a half, but regardless, you know, it's just those red sleeves coming off the edge. Scary sight. All right, let's move on to number 11 here, Jamison Williams. Um, This is a long-term ad, obviously. Very long-term ad. He's still a ways out, you know, but if you have an open IR spot, I think at this point, he's worth stashing on there, right? Like, I didn't want to pick him up very early in the year. I didn't want to draft him, but I think we're kind of getting to that point where he's worth stashing. If if you're 6-0, Wait, what is it now? Seven and zero. Oh? If you're seven and zero, oh, six and mm-hmm. one, five and two, I think it's worth it at this point. Yeah. Now I think that Jameson Williams could be a pr- pretty good ad. You know, we obviously don't know what he's going to look like in the offense. Um, I'm not sure he's going to be the best receiver when he does come back. You know, as long as Amon Ross St. Brown's playing, I think that he'll be the wide receiver too. But his talent profile is there. You know, we obviously saw why he was taken so high. Um, the Lions seem to be, you know, pretty confident. And what, what he's going to be able to do and add to the offense. I think that he's going to be, I, I don't think he's going to be a league winner. I think that he's going to have um, a lot of allure when he does come back. Um, maybe you use him as a trade piece. I'm not sure. Um, but the Lions offense has been a little bit quiet the past two weeks. Um, if they could pick, they need to pick up the pace a little bit, pick up the scoring again before I kind of anoint Jameson Williams as someone that I would add this week. I might wait a little bit because. Maybe even one more week because the Lions offense has been out of sorts right now. They're looking more like the Lions offense that we were expecting to see compared to what we saw the first four weeks of the season. I I, I think I would label Jamison Williams as a potential league winner. And I wouldn't have, have him here this early at number 11 if I didn't think he I, I think it's a situation where the Lions, yeah, they haven't looked good over the past two weeks, but they need someone like Jamison Williams to come in and stretch the field. They need somebody like with his talent to make this offense better. They haven't had Amara St. Brown over the last two weeks. So right. uh, their main pass catcher, their main weapon on this offense, DeAndre Swift, he's he's has he hasn't been there either. So this is a reason why this Lions offense hasn't been playing well. Their their best playmakers are not on the field. So when you get DeAndre Swift back, when you get Amara St. Bra- St. Brown back, you have Jamison Williams stretching the field. This is going to be a dangerous offense. And uh, Jamison Williams has that type of talent. That when he's on the field, if he's running a full complement of routes, uh, which, you know, Dan Campbell said that, like, we're not going to put him out there until he's full, until he's mm-hmm. ready, until he's going to help us. Um, so I don't expect him to be back anytime, you know, over the next couple of weeks. I would say I would give it probably three to four weeks at least um, for Jamison. And, you know, in competitive leagues, you might have to pick him up now because otherwise he's going to be stashed. Now, here's what I'll say about Jamison Williams, though. I need an IR spot for him right now. If I mm-hmm. don't have an IR spot, I most likely won't be picking him up because I, that's a valuable bench spot that I can use to rotate players, right? Um, if I already have Hollywood on there, I'm keeping Hollywood on there and not picking up Jameson. 
If I already have Cordell Patterson on there right now, I'm not picking up Jamison Williams right now. If I have uh, Karen Williams on there right now, I'm not picking up Jamison Williams. Otherwise, if I have J.K. Dobbins, man, I might be picking up J.K. Jamison Williams over J.K. Dobbins right now. If I have J.K. Dobbins in my IR, J.K. Dobbins is, is going to be out for another four to five weeks. Mm-hmm. And there's a potential chance that he misses more time than that, apparently, according to reports. So I think for the rest of the season, J.K. Dobbins is not somebody that I want to roster. Gus Edwards is going to be involved. Doesn't have as high of a ceiling. Jamison Williams, I feel like he is that type of league-winning type of player who can come in and do his thing. I didn't want to draft him, but at this point, this point of the year, if I'm looking, if I have a team that's looking pretty good, and I don't need to kind of like, you know, get these guys who I need to play right now. I think James Williams is a pickup, uh, but again, I need an IR spot for him. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm I'm just temporary expectation because we did talk about Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift being on that offense, and it is Jared Goff still. You know, he still turns the ball over a little bit. Um, I'm yeah. not sure he's going to step in from day one, coming off the injury and missing a lot of time this season, and be that league winner right away. I think maybe towards the very end of the season, last two, three weeks, maybe he could start to have that type of production. But I, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be, you know, just like stepping in like a Kenneth Walker type, you know, pickup. Right. I, I think that he might take a couple weeks to acclimate. I can see that. I can see him definitely taking a couple weeks for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, if he ends up coming back like, you know, week 11, week 12, give him a couple weeks. And by week 14, maybe he'll be all right. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. Um, Chuba Hubbard, you know, he he's a he's a lo- longer term ad than Deontay Foreman is, just in case the ankle injury is more serious than we think. Now, again, I talked about this yesterday, but Hubba Hubba. I'm a, Hubba, can, can I call Hubba. him Hubba? Hubba Hubba. <laughs> Hubba Hubba started over Deontay Foreman, right? Yeah. Yesterday uh, on Sunday. He outsnapped him twenty two to fourteen through three quarters before he hurt his ankle. He outtouched him before that. Um, and he looked good before he got hurt. And Foreman ripped off a couple big plays in the fourth quarter. Um, Hubbard is also the passing down guy, so I prefer him on a team who is likely going to be losing a lot. Um, he'll be on the field more. And Hubbard apparently, you know, could have came back into the game, and all reports are saying that his ankle is not serious. So it's possible that he plays this week, right? And, yeah. you know, either way, I'm viewing Hubbard as an RB3 play most weeks moving forward. Not an RB2. Okay, I, I assume Foreman is going to continue to still be involved. We have to remember that this is a bad offense. Okay, that's mm-hmm. why I have these guys here so low. They they performed a lot higher than what they're normally going to perform at. Okay, so like these guys should not be priority pickups unless you badly, desperately need a running back play this week. And if you do, that's Deontay Foreman, right? He would be the short-term ad. If I'm picking up tonight and I don't know if Chuba Harper's going to play this week, I'm picking up Deontay Foreman, right? Because he would be like the guaranteed play this week, right? You yeah. know, given a little, a little bit of uncertainty around Chuba Hubbard. But both backs are going to get work regardless. So, you know, Foreman, you know, he can potentially still come through for you. I'm viewing Foreman as a low-end RB3 moving forward unless Harbert is out of the picture, in which case he might be a low-end RB2. So, again, we have to remember that this is going to be a bad offense moving forward. I don't want the guys who are going to be sharing the load on early downs on a bad offense. It's just not a recipe for success. So I wouldn't be looking at what they did against the Bucs and project that moving forward. Yeah, was anybody watching the Panthers Bucks game on Sunday and thinking, "Yep, this is what I expected from the Panthers running backs"? No, no. So don't let the Panthers. I mean, give them credit for a good performance. You know, 
after all the crap that happened this week for the Panthers, you know, um, they came out and played well. But don't let their good performance against an uninspired, very uninspired Buccaneers team, you know, cloud your judgment on this. It's still going to be in uh, below average offense, I think, at best right now. And there was a lot of people producing in this offense that aren't going to produce all in the same week, I think, moving forward. Um, I think RB3, like you said, with Truba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman, I think that's right where I'd have them too. Sweet, sweet. I got Van Jefferson here at number 14. He was activated off of IR, and Sean Bavay said he expects him back. He can even play this week, potentially. So yeah. I'd pick him up now. Uh, there's no clear second option behind Cooper Cup, right? It's been Tyler Higby, so there's room for Jefferson to step into that role, potentially. So I'll add him, keep him for a week or two, and see what he does. Yeah, I think that's really all you can say for him right now. Obviously, Van Jefferson has been involved somewhat over the uh, two years that he's been with the Rams. He's had a couple games where, you know, he goes for a long touchdown. He's a deeper threat. Um, he's not Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson isn't going to give that deep threat. So I, I think that Van Jefferson's a good pickup here, especially with yeah, the, the you know, he's had Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's had Robert Woods, too, in front of him this entire time. Robert Woods was commanding more targets than uh, Allen Robinson has. Right. So there was no room for Van Jefferson to kind of, you know, make his way and, and move up and target share a little bit. So I think this is a, a, a potential ad where like you're like, oh, wow, Van Jefferson is actually a wide receiver three every week. Yeah. I don't think they have anything to lose by adding Van Jefferson. No, no. Latavius Murray, um, you know, he, he was in a timeshare with Melvin Gordon. Right. Melvin Gordon started the game for the Broncos, but Latavius Murray was very involved. He had 11 opportunities himself. He got the goal line carry for the touchdown. Uh, he, they split the early down work down the middle. Uh, between him and Gordon. So if you need a running back who has a chance of scoring on a not-so-great offense, I think Murray is your guy. Uh, it's similar to the Deontay Forbin chuba Hubbard situation. However, it's possible that Latavius Murray moves up a little bit, gets more of the carries over, over Melvin Gordon, and then also this offense does have a chance of improving a little bit. Yeah, Latavius Murray is doing his thing where he just comes in on random teams, scores a touchdown, and then gets dropped and then someone else claims him off waivers and he does it again he's on pace to do this you know one touchdown show like five times a year this season like five, like five times a season so you know i'm not paying too much mind to latavius murray maybe maybe you can pick him up i, I don't think that his workload is going to stick really obviously with mike boone going down he might get a, little, a few more touches but um i'm not counting on him as a solid fantasy producer for me any week uh week in week out he's a desperate play for me regardless of you know what's going on because this Broncos offense is not that good and we saw no. somehow it took a step back from what it was doing with Brett Rippin at quarterback so <laughs> in the beginning of the game they were looking kind of good but then it didn't it didn't work out after yeah. that um I have Robbie Anderson here at number 16 as a long-term ad the Cardinals they run a lot of plays all right they're second in the NFL in plays per game they run a lot of pass plays Kyle Murray is third in the NFL in dropbacks so Robbie Anderson is a solid bet to get some targets I I think you know, he's going to get some deep targets on a team who desperately needs someone to be their deep threat. Murray has a great deep ball. He's one of the best deep ball passers in the NFL. He just doesn't have a target to throw to. So we yeah. could potentially see a connection there. Um, I think he complements the other wide receivers pretty well. Well, where DeAndre Hopkins is doing the short to inter like the intermediate route thing, you know, with a little bit of deep action. Um, and then you have Rondell Moore, you know, kind of going short to intermediate. You have Zach Ertz doing short to intermediate. And then you have Robbie Anderson filling a role that they need. So yeah. he's somebody that I want to add right now. Don't necessarily want to start him this week, but uh, I want to see what his role is and, and how 
much it grows and then whether he gets a full complement of routes, you know, uh, sooner than later. Yeah, I think it's a worthwhile ad. I mean, we had him as an ad after that one deep touchdown in Carolina week one. He didn't do much after that. I think that was just, you know, uh, I think that was an apparition a little bit. Um, Robbie Anderson clearly wasn't happy in Carolina. He's now in Arizona. And like you said, he's filling a role that they don't have. This is like a really complete wide receiver core right now. And I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if the Cardinals offense doesn't look, um, you know, better than it has been um, this Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Marquise Goodwin, uh, this is a short-term ad for me. You know, DK Metcalf might be out for a bit with the patellar tendon issue that they're calling it. Uh, and Marquise Goodwin caught two touchdowns from Geno Smith this past week. Looked to ha- be some have some chemistry there. Uh, don't forget when Geno Smith grabbed a handful of Marquise Brown, uh, you know, Goodwin. uh, Marquise Goodwin's ass, you know, after one of the wins several weeks ago, right? Yeah. Like they won the game. First guy he went up to was Marquise Goodwin, you know, g- grabbed like a handful full of ass. Um, and said congratulations. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't underestimate a serious connection between these two guys. So, <laughs> I can't help. The chemistry um, is there. Let it. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> he 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 ran only five routes, five less routes than Tal Lockett this past week. So, you know, he'll be the guy on the field if uh, DK were to miss some time. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of a shot in the dark play against the Giants, but there's some upside there. If you need some upside. I think he's someone you can grab off the waiver wire and 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 get that. Yeah, I, I like Marquise Goodwin as an ad. Clearly, like we said, the chemistry is there, not just from what you mentioned, but also just on the field we saw. Um, like you said on yesterday's episode, Geno Smith, touch it, it's gold. Um, I, yep. I think that Geno Smith, the way he's playing, you can have whoever he's throwing to, you know, in your in your lineup. I have a couple tight ends here at 18 and 19. Uh, I have... I have uh, Evan Ingram first. He is a tight end that you can grab on the waiver wire right now and stream every week uh, if you're struggling at the position. So if you just lost David Njoku, Ingram might be on the waiver wire. Six for 69, five for 40, four for 67 over the last three weeks. Uh, Denver is a tough matchup for wide receivers, and, and it's a neutral matchup for tight ends. So, you know, Ingram, you know, he is running around on 80% or more of Trevor Lawrence's dropbacks over the last three weeks, which is correlating to the, you know, a little bit of a bump in production. You know, nothing too crazy. He doesn't have a ton of upside. Uh, but these are the kinds of tight ends that we want to target when streaming at the position. Yeah. And, and it's just going to be a crapshoot for tight end. So I would consider heavily, if you're not already streaming tight ends, just stream your tight ends. Greg Dulcich, I have him at number 19. Uh, he came in as a rookie, commanded target share off the jump. 20% target share this past week. He got nine targets he produced. Um, the week before, in the, in his first game in the NFL, 80% route participation, caught a touchdown. So there's a lot of appeal, like when a tight end can do something like this in their first two games in the NFL, you know, at a position where it's very rare for rookies to do anything. So I was very high on Dulcich coming into the league as one of the best pass-catching tight ends, and it's possible he ends up being pretty good, right? And this is a good sign yeah. that he's going to end up being pretty good with the production happening so early in his career. So there are also rumors about Jerry Judy potentially being traded. So if that happens, Dulcich's value would go up. Yeah, and, and consider that he's getting it done with the offense really just stuck in the mud. You know, I, I think that's also worth noting because in an offense where, you know, not everybody is doing well, even Cortland Sutton, he's out producing Cortland Sutton these last two weeks. So I, I think that, that's a really good sign for Greg Dolchitz moving forward. Coming in at number 20, I have Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, you know, DPJ is like that wide receiver who is going to be available in most wave wires who you can just like plug and play just to get some points. 
you know, he's averaging double digit PPR fantasy points over the last four weeks. And that's without any touchdowns. So he's like a solid streaming wide receiver during these bye weeks. Yeah. And, and that's where it's going to be. I, I think that's what he's been. I think his whole career really. Um, no, this is, this is better than he's ever been in his career. Honestly, he's never been consistent. Honestly, like he's been as that far guy. As from, from like a touchdown upside. Yeah. 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 You know, like he—he's—he's he's been he's that guy. He's like randomly getting air yards, but never comes down with it. So, like, I love how like the guy who's unlocking him is Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, with Amari Cooper there, with David David Njoku there. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting that he's able to do his thing though in this offense. It's true that if David Njoku does miss time too, you know, we could see more. Maybe there's touchdown upside suddenly for Donovan Peoples Jones. Maybe. Can you believe that Donovan Peoples Jones is more fantasy relevant than OBJ? Allen Robinson. On the same offense? Right. Or any, any receiver like that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, like on the Browns. Like, oh, you know, yeah, OBJ yeah, yeah. was on the Browns and like. And maybe even. I don't know. He, yeah. No, no. Uh, not okay. fantasy relevant. You're, you're comparing it in the Browns system. Okay. That makes sense. In the Browns system, you know, yeah. with Baker Mayfield, you know, I guess it was a Baker Mayfield problem. Jacoby I wonder what OBJ would have done with Jacoby Mayfield Brissett. at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. the quarterback oh, situation yeah. for Donald, Donovan Peoples Jones just like Carolina far and away. Would, Carolina would trade a second rounder for Jacoby Brissett if they could right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, At this point, right, no, they're so, tanking. Uh, what's it called? They're they're, they're they're tanking for us, so they wouldn't trade they, anything. They are. So a couple of other guys, just just randomly, like if you need a couple of streamers, like Zay Jones, another streaming wide receiver. If you need one, um, I think he just saw ten targets in this game this, this past week. Um. Jahan Dotson, you know, he did, I think he re-injured that hamstring injury a couple weeks ago, uh, but he should be back at some point. Who knows if that what commander's offense can support three wide receivers. Um, Taekwon Thornton, like he got a relatively high target share considering the fact that nobody produced uh, in terms of pass catchers on the, on the Patriots offense, like, you know, to a certain extent, um, not a lot of receptions, at least Devonta Parker had a big catch and uh, so did Jacoby Myers, but that was about it. So someone to take a look at Elijah Moore with Corey Davis banged up right now, pick him up. He could receive a little bit of that squeaky wheel treatment. You never know. Um, he's been dropped in a ton of leagues. Uh, at yeah. running back, Tyler Algier, if you need a running back, uh, he's somebody that you can pick up right now and stream. Uh, you know, he can get you 15 carries and a touchdown potentially. Um, let's see. All right. Just want to quickly throw out some tight ends that you can stream. Irv Smith against Arizona this week. They've given up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. They gave up two touchdowns to Jawan Johnson last week. And before that, they were, you know, Jawan Johnson was a good play last week because of the fact that Arizona was terrible the weeks prior. Yeah. Uh, Jawan Johnson, too. Uh, again, this week, you know, against the Raiders, if you want, a good matchup there, especially if Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are out again. Uh, Cade Otten, another target for Tom Brady, 71% route participation in the absence of Cam Brait. Uh, five targets this past week. Solid, solid production for a streamer tight end. They're, go they're going up against Baltimore. Decent matchup. Um, you said David Njoku was absolutely killing it against Baltimore last week before he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, don't forget about Taysom Hill as well. You know, if those those guys are out, you never know. He can get a touchdown at any point. He has a high ceiling if you need it. A couple of quarterback streamers: Daniel Jones against Seattle. Decent matchup there. Jared Goff against Miami. He's been dropped in a bunch of leagues. And Marcus Mariota against Carolina, who probably has the highest floor for any of these guys. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, go ahead. I think that Daniel Jones may be against Seattle. Obviously, I was crapping on Daniel Jones um, just last week. But, you know, against Seattle, it seems like they're pretty high-scoring games. So I think that Daniel Jones might be 
a pretty good play. Okay. You heard it here first from Zach that Daniel Jones is a top 10 quarterback play this week. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what he said. That's not what no, he no, said. No, 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 no. Solid but, streamer. Solid but streamer. the kiss of death, <laughs> the upper hand Zach kiss of death, you know, it might happen again. Because I said, remember when I said Amari Cooper was going to be the start of the week? And yeah. he just shot the bed. We'll see what happens this week. Maybe, maybe I have a little power here. I don't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Fabian Rodrigue in the, uh, in the comments. Haven't missed the podcast until yesterday. Love this shit. Y'all the best. Appreciate you, Fabian. Appreciate you guys. Everybody who's listening, everyone who's tuned in every day, appreciate you guys. Make sure to, to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you tune in to your podcast. We'd highly appreciate that. Um, and you guys take it easy. Have a good one. We'll see you guys tomorrow at noon Eastern time for some buys and some sells going into week eight. Take it easy. See you later. Bye-bye.